Hey everybody, this is Alex. 1717 is moving into the East Village early fall 2018. We hope to see you there. In the meantime, we hope you're enjoying this episode of the 1717 Brewcast. If you are, we'd ask you to like, subscribe on iTunes, and share with your friends. For any up-to-date news, follow our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 1717 Brewing Co. And if you'd like to be part of the show, you can submit your questions or comments on the bottom of the podcast tab on our website at 1717brewing.com, or you can email me at alex at 1717brewing.com. Welcome to 1717 Brewcast with 1717 Brewing Company. I'm here with Ty. What's up, everybody? Jerry. Hello. Phil. Hello there. And Matt. Yep, yep. And my name is Alex, and we're here to talk beer today. So first up, uh, what are we drinking? A couple of different things. It couldn't be further from the uh, beer spectrum from each other. Phil, talk about your brown. I got a brown here. <laughs> Made a brown. <laughs> Sheer typical brown. <laughs> <laughs> so it's brown in color. <laughs> so why do they call it brown? No, it is, is a little darker than I wanted. Okay, so can I give the recite? Yes, give my grain profile. Grain please. profile. We've got some American Zerobe in our base malt. We're going to talk about this stuff in a little bit for those of you who aren't um, beer makers. Uh, we're going to talk about the basics of a beer and how to how to throw down a good tasty number. So anyway, Phil's looking at about 85% of that two-row base malt. About 10% of caramel crystal 80, 2% of some American chocolate, and 2% of the black patent, which Phil has fallen in love with. I do like the black patent. A little roasty. You do not have to add much. It really will darken up your beer, so be careful. Because my brown is not brown. It's a little darker. It's than a little blackish. And you hate blackish. that. I was hoping that it would be lighter. When you take a drink, take a drink, and I'm going I'm to bring you some of your attention here. When you take a hit of it, there's a little bite, a little astringency. Yeah. Yeah. It's you get very, that? Yeah, it's roasty. Okay. That's that's from a black patent. If you if you use too much or, or what have you, that's gonna that's gonna get you there. And you know, in certain profiles that's absolutely wonderful, like a like a nice stout, nice English stout. Yes, I do use it by stouts. Um, but in something where you want maybe some more of the brown to come out, not so much of the uh, Super roast. You do not have to go much with that black patent, though. It'll really darken up your beer, that'll, obviously. That'll mess you up. The Lullabons on the black patent is 525. What does that mean? That is a lot. That is. That means it's really, really, really dark. Jet black. Probably, would you say that's probably the darkest thing, one of the darkest ones out there? I mean, well, obviously one, one of them. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. So the Lullabons, and we'll talk about this in a minute, just help give you, you know, it's a measure of color. Right, so just in beer, or is it in other things too? Well, I'm sure it's in nature. Well, I mean, I see a fucking bluebird yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a couple beers. (laughs) We got some East Kent Golden Willamette and some Liberty, which threw me for a loop. Why did you use Liberty in there? I can't remember. Good, uh, good drop in. (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, you read this recipe? What are you doing? I'm reading part of Phil's recipe. Yeah, that's my recipe. Okay. Um, London ESB ale yeast, but I don't think you used that. No, I did. You did? Yeah. Okay. I meant to use, I wanted to use the, the, the founder or founders. Founders. It's founders, right? Founders. But I couldn't, my local brew shop did not have that. So that was the equivalent was the London ESB. Okay. 
Tell us about your mash. What'd you do? The mash. Give us walk us through your process. How'd it go? I mashed in. I think I went a little lighter. I think I went 152 for the temp. I did a 60 minutes rest. Um, just batch barged it. Nothing, nothing outstanding about the mash or anything. Fellas, your your thoughts on the beer that Phil presented to you. What do you think about it? I have a quick question. Yeah. So it's called a brown. Is that similar to a porter or style? I've never heard the term brown. No. This is a, this is an American brown, so it's not – well, it, it, actually, it's not because I used a, a, a London yeast. But that was the thing. So the, the, the stouts are the really dark ones that have that kind of astringency to it, that kind of, that kind of twang. Porters are not supposed to have any of that with them. So it's still going to be as dark, but, but the brown is, is back off of that. Yeah. So you're not supposed to, it's supposed to be a little bit roasty, but not, not, a, not a ton like you do with the porters and the stouts. Okay. But you've got to have a little bit to, to color it up a little bit. And that's why I went with the Crystal 80, because the Crystal 80 is a really dark grain also. And then with the, the chocolate, obviously, and the black patent. So yeah, next time I'll probably back off on probably the black patent, and then it wouldn't be so that be so dark. Would that only change the color? Does that t- uh, change the? It's going to change a little bit of the roast too. Yeah, so, so, yeah. Is that all you change about this? It has a good flavor. I think it has a good flavor. Yeah, it tastes real good. <clears throat> so, can you name any sort of browns that are out there on the market right Isn't now? Is it Moosterilla Brown? Yeah. The, okay. Probably the only one anybody knows is Moosterilla. Okay. Yeah. The big sky. And I think that that is, uh, they said at one time, what was it, 70% or 80% of their, their business was Moostrel, was that brown. Oh, I wouldn't have made it. I mean, what yeah. else? Yeah, it was, it was way high. They've got like one pail that I've ever seen, and that's it, besides the Moostrel. Yeah. Okay, check this out. So take a drink, think about what I'm saying here. Overall impressions of the American brown, it's a malty but hoppy beer, frequented with chocolate and caramel flavors. The hop flavor and the aroma complements the enhance the malt rather than clashing with it. Flavor, medium to moderately high malty sweet or malty rich flavors with chocolate, caramel, nutty, or toasty malt complexities. Finishes with a medium to high, high bitterness. You know, the hops can be citrusy or fruity, but there's some browns and, and dark stuff you want to you be careful with that is stringent tang of some of those hot malts are in there against some of those and that's uh, what you were talking about mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's i don't really think you want that with the brown mm-hmm. yeah yeah you, you, don't, you don't really want the porter either okay yeah i mean it's damn tasty it's good i'm starting, starting to dig it a little Thank bit you. how do you feel about where the alcohol came in though you know i i i have a new system at home and what i was gonna hit was like six eight so when I was fermenting it, it uh, I didn't have the right temp for for towards the end, so it it left it a little high. So it didn't finish all the way down, which is might be some of the sweetness that you taste in that. So what did this hit then? And it hit. Uh, it's still at five seven, which so is sorry. more than I wanted to anyway. Because what what's the style say on the brown alcohol wise? I didn't want it to be five seven, but that's that's what you get sometimes. The brown, the official <coughs> guideline says. Original gravity, 1045 to 1060. Final, 1010 to 1016 with an ABV range of 4.3 to 6.2. Oh, you hit him. So I'm in the middle there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So if you guys want to try an example, Big Sky, Moose Drool, obviously, um, Bell's Best Brown, uh, Smutty Nose, Old Brown, we got that around here. I don't think we can tell you ride. Um, IBU is on at 20 to 30. Where did you end up? It let's, seems low. Let's say 22. Prepared See, I was getting a little bit of hop at first, but I'm not now. So no, I'm not You guys ain't getting anything. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It seems low. Oh, it tastes like hot chocolate and coffee with, like, alcohol in it to me. That's yeah, kind of, that's kind of what I'm getting, too. Yeah. like a nice little homework moment. Yeah, no yeah. <laughs> IBUs ended at 31, oh, and the SM, SRMs are at 24.86, but I think it's a little bit darker. Yeah, it's darker than that. SRM is the dark scale? Yes, the color this. All right. So, so the, I don't know. I'd, I'd back off <laughs> in the color a little bit. I don't know if it needs to be a little bit more malty. You know, I think that I think that the roasty is killing the maltiness that you had there. Fro, yeah, yeah, it might be. All right, you guys want to try the uh, Mexican beer? Mm-hmm. All right, so way. so check this out. I am uh, I'm a little bit more prepared than my uh, fellow brethren. Sorry out there, everybody. <laughs> you should be apologizing <laughs> no. to us because of your lack of unprofessionalism. <laughs> Semper Fidelis. Okay, so uh, just invoke the military and think it's going to be all right. <laughs> this is frothy, Matt. Mm-hmm. That's called head retention. I like that. It is. So Ooh, that's uh, a great phrase. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, here that, we go. Did you make that up? No. 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 So this is. Uh, so technically, BJCP, they don't. Uh, they don't have a, a style for Mexican lager, which is crazy. Because they've been making a couple Irish guys making yeah. it. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Ole. <laughs> they've been uh, making this shit for about 200 years in Mexico. That's Mexican for you, Alex. <laughs> so, uh, I didn't uh, know you spoke Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to give you guys a brief history of Mexico. Oh, and yeah. We're going yeah, to go on the beer. This is going to be good. <laughs> no, so. Um, Certain parts of Mexico were settled by Austrians and Viennas and Germans, right? You ever you ever hear like traditional Mexican music? It's got a bunch of umpa like stuff in it. It's because of that German. Here's the thing: I don't know if you're telling the truth right now. Pull it up, man. Pull up some. Pull he up watches some a lot of National Geographic at night. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this beer is, is is truly a Vienna lager. It's not even a Mexican lager. The only thing that makes this beer Mexican is just the the yeast. Came from a strain that was developed down in Mexico, and that's that's what they call Mexican lager. So this is going to be more of a like a German lager. That's when you see it. It's it's the color on it's a little bit more um, golden rather than clear golden. You know. So let me tell you about the overall impression of style while you guys are drinking it. You tell me what you think. Um, overall impression of this beer is a moderate strength. Amber lager, so it's a uh, it's got kind of that ambery color to it. We'll talk about the specifics of the beer in a second where it finished up at. But it's soft like water. I nailed that part. <clears throat> it is. It's a uh, smooth yes. maltiness with moderate bitterness, yet finishes relatively dry. The malt is clean, bready, rich, somewhat toasty, mm-hmm. elegant impression derived from the base <clears throat> of malts. They're not specific malts, adjuncts, blah, blah, blah. Reddish amber color, large, white, off, off-white, off persistent head. So that's the head you're talking about there, Alex. Flavor, soft, elegant, multi-complex in the forefront with firm enough to hop bitterness with a balanced finished. 
It's uh, rich with toasty characters uh, without significant caramel or roast flavors. Mm -hmm. So having said that, are you guys getting any of that? I'm getting the Vienna for sure. Yeah. Now that you said it was that. Now that's really like yeah. I mean, when you're drinking it, you you think I can right. taste it, but it's uh, now it's now that I know that that's the Vienna malt. It's, it's I fucking nailed it's, it. It's really that's what happened, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a question. How how do you get pers persistent head? <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Man, it's not, <laughs> that's not good one, Alex. No, how do you stay single? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't get married. <laughs> I got married. I haven't had sex in a year. Brush my lesson. It's true. There's a couple so, ways, Alex. Let me read you my thing. We'll talk about Ooh, it. Nice. Yes. Segway. So this beer finished at 1040. Original gravity is 1048. And it finished at like 1012. So right about four and a half, four, six, four, seven on the alcohol. Perfect. IBUs are 17, and the SRM is 4.04. So compared to Phil's 25, I mean, you can see the difference in colors. Higher the number, the darker the beer, right? So I use about 85% of two-row in this. And then some Munich, about 3% Munich, 3% Victory. Uh, and then here you go, Alex, 3% Carapils. Carapils is what's going to give you that head on there. So basically, it is a it's a it's a non-fermentable malt that gives you body and mouthfeel in a beer. So if you so like for example that uh, that beer that I made that three percent session I made that didn't taste feel like water is because I had a, a, a good amount of carapils in there. So that'll thicken up your beer, give you a nice head, and make it kind of chewy. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Also put. Uh, about a third a pound of sugar in this to help dry it out, too. So the hops in this, I use some uh, Tettenanger and some Saws. Pretty traditional German hops. Not going to get a lot of floral or anything out of these hops at all. I mean, it's just uh, pretty straightforward. Man, you're right about that chewiness, though. Get a little mouthy? Yeah. Is it too mouthy? It's really mouthy. It's, it's the mouthiest beer I think I've ever had. To be honest with you, I, it tastes good. They call you an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Fucker. I mean, I don't know. Ty, Jerry, you guys don't drink like a well. Ty more than Jerry, but do you feel that? It's just it's. Ty, can you get the the uh, the yeah. Can can you get the the German influence in this? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can. When I when I drank it when I first when I first tapped this I went back to the drawing board how to read my my rest site because I was like. Why, why am I getting so much toasty from this, you know? And I couldn't, I was like, what in the hell did I put in it? Um, and that's the Vienna and the Munich that's coming through. And that's why you're getting some breadiness from it. Mm -hmm. So the yeast, I'll just finish this up and we'll talk about it. The yeast is just as, you know, Mexican lager, White Labs, Mexican lager. It's just kind of standard. There's two or three different yeasts that you can use in Mexican lager. And that kind of is the one that kind of dominates and the the reason that, all right, so I was talking about how this is pretty much just a Vienna lager. The reason this is a Mexican is because, like I said, the, the yeast that comes from Mexico. So when you're tasting it, you should get a little bit of a fruitiness from it that sneaks in the back door. Wow, that sounded, <laughs> that sounded like Phil. Mm. 
Fruitiness. Fruitiness, but not not like, not like smack you around hoppy so what are, fruitiness. What are you talking about when you say it's chewy? So think about drinking get, a, a macro beer like a Bud Light or a Coors yeah. Light, something like you that. You getting that mouth feel? What about mouth feel? Is that a better word? It, it, like, do you feel that when it kind of like spreads along your mouth and yeah. kind of feels yeah, that more? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's ironic. That's like the fourth time somebody's described me like that today. <laughs> when I get in their mouth, it just kind of spreads out. <laughs> today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I a few beers. Today was a good day. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, like uh, Alex is saying, when think about a think about a Bud Light, and you drink it, you're you're not getting any mouthiness at all. It's just any of that. Just the yeah, water. No. Yeah, this one's yeah. gonna stick with you for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. You definitely taste all the flavors for a while, and it's got a taste I've never tasted before. Like I don't know what it is. is that a weird thing is that a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, it's different because. You call it like a Mexican lager, so then I'm thinking of, you know, Corona, Dos Equis, like yeah. Modelo, so, like all those watered down, like, like yeah. say it's a mouthful. It's totally flavorful in your mouth that you would yeah. never get from one of those. You know, and that's, and this is, this is a traditional, you know, Mexican lager. Those are Americanized, just water, that, you know. Mexican water? Yeah. The kids are going to drink on spring break or go to the bar and slime a lime in. Like, if somebody put a lime in this, I'd be like, all right, man, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, but about that flavor, though, Ty, I'm with you. This is something, because you made a Mexican lager once, didn't you, Dad? Yes, I did. I did. I don't remember tasting quite like this. No, mine wasn't more of the German influence like this one was. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I want to say I, the same. I backed way off on that kind of stuff. I did add a little bit for color, but I think that was all. I mean, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I don't think I munich I'm pretty sure I didn't put any music in that yeah. at all. So I think I want a little bit of Vienna though. Yeah. You know, when I drank this one, I was sitting there thinking, I don't know I don't know what the hell I was what I was expecting. Um because I know, you know, I know what I made. But then I drank it and I was like, Oh wow man, let me let me go back and look and see what I what I put in there, what I yes, didn't put I in have there. Done that. You know, because it was like it was a, just a total surprise to me what it, what it came out as. Because you know, I I didn't set out to make a Corona, you know, and I knew it was basically a Vienna Lager with a different beer in it. You know, when 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 the German brewers came over to Mexico, they made they they had gotten away from the Vienna Lagers and those kind of things in Germany. They were they were making Czech pills and things that were real 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 light at that point. So these guys came over to Mexico. Much like the Pilgrims did in America, they wanted a freedom of beer. That's bullshit, Alex. <laughs> but they came over. They came back over. Jack, drunk yeah, history. We don't back Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so they came over and they they started making Vienna lagers again. So traditionally, this is what it's supposed to taste like from the history I read. I mean, I'm not two hundred something years old. I don't think there's too world. many people that make a Mexican true lager, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. I mean, I, like Ty said, yeah, he's sure. never tasted anything like that. Scott Brewing has has one brewing brewing. And so uh, you can't say that when they put that anymore. thing out, it flies off the shelf. Man. Yeah. yeah, it's like one of their best seasonal beers. And, it just, and is it, it a true ape shit? Is it a true like yeah, Vienna? It's like based. no, it's like this. Okay. One, yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes more sense to me when you say Vienna based. I get. I got that flavor as opposed to like a limey or citra yeah. flavor is yeah. basically what I was going for. Yeah. Yep. No, what do, no, what do no. you think mine tasted like when, when I made that thing? I know it knocked my neighbor on his ass. Yeah, most of yours did. Because he was used to drinking Coors Light, though, too. 
Rest in peace, Mike. No, he's it's different when you can sit on your, your lazy boy and drink 24 cores a night, he but does, you can't yeah. drink two yeah. craft yeah. beer. No. I, don't, I don't even remember. I just remember it wasn't this. It, I, I think mine was more citrusy. Than, I think than so, than too. Because I feel like yeah. we did pop a lime in it. Because I remember you, yeah, you went yeah, to we did, limes. Yeah, we yeah, did yeah, just yeah. Uh, to try the lime, and, and then it... Uh, and then it almost went like uh, like the uh, Dosa Keys, the uh, mm-hmm. was there light one, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what mine did. Yeah, yeah. So this, yeah, I mean, I, so you guys are saying different things. What do you think about it? Do I just you like it. Do you not like it? Yeah, I like. It. I think the name just throws it off for me. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. I guess is it, it tastes more like a German lager. Yeah, what I would think would be a German lager, yeah. not a Mexican lager. When you first. When I first had a drink, I was like, "Oh, this is very unique." I don't think it's my thing, but I'm sitting here drinking it still. Yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah, it's growing on me, and, but not in a. It, it wasn't bad. It was just different. I could drink this shit on a hot day. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, oh yeah, I could suck down a few of those. Oh, easily. Ooh, <laughs> it's got chills. Jerry, what do you think? <laughs> I, I think I like it. I like it a lot. Jerry, you're gonna be one of Jerry's two for two today. Yeah, I'm not. Let's really shut her down, boys. <laughs> I have, a, I have a friend that really likes wine, and he's always like, do you taste the earthiness and get the licorice? And like, oh, yeah. mm, no. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I like this. It's really good. It's a, it's it's more of a taste than I'm used to because yeah. I drink Bud Light. Yeah. You got to stop saying I'm that, though, Bud Light. Uh, I'm moving yeah, away from I it, just... though. You guys are changing me. I like this, and I like this. I like the first one. That's the thing with that with that uh, brown, though. I mean, you look at it; it might be brown. This one's a little darker, but it's not gonna it's not gonna kick your ass. I, we don't want you guys to be afraid of the of the the color of these beers. Like Matt was talking about that uh, that dunkel that he makes. That's a straight up wheat darker beer. That's just fantastic flavor, and it's gonna blow you guys' minds. You're gonna come in like I don't like dark beer, but then you're gonna have it because we're gonna make you drink it, and you're gonna be hooked. And you're going to want to drink seven of them after you mow the lawn. You know, oh, it is a great. Refreshing. Lawnmower, yeah. It's tasty. That brown, I could easily see myself drinking three or four with no problem. Yeah, either. and I'm going to calm down the alcohol. I don't want it five, seven, so you can have more than a couple of that. Because, you know, even a five, seven, the thing's going to knock you on your ass if you had two or three yeah. of them. It's, kinda, it's a strong beer. That uh, come off that roast a little bit, yeah. back down the alcohol, and it'll be tasty. Yeah. I think with the... Uh, with this one, I think I'm going to dry it out a little bit more, and and I understand what you guys are saying about uh, you know. And I wonder, I wonder if that's going to freak people out. They they come down. They maybe we call it uh, you know in the Mexican amber lager. I don't know, man. I, I don't you know market to people or just you know on the on the on the meta, the board say you know this is this is no Corona. You know, I mean, if you're looking for watered down beer, you're not mm. going to get in here. This shit is full on flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Full on, boom. That's why we're going to have people that uh, will know what what they're pouring back there. So. Yeah, yeah, because right. because I get what Ty's saying. He's saying you expect, you know, Corona. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's not what this yeah. is. I would not put a lime this or lemon or no, anything no, no. near yeah. near this. No, not at all. And like Alex said, this ain't really my thing either. I'm not a I'm not a big lager guy, but like you. When I was celebrating Easter yesterday, a handful of these went down real easy. I don't know if it was because the mother-in-law was over. <laughs> oh, was she really? Yeah, Holy she came down, man. She started telling me she's got 28 hamsters. And everything else, like, oh, how many can could you see? Because <laughs> <laughs> my record is one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Derailed. <laughs> oh, that's so I tell this story because I know, I know she's not... <laughs> 
That's my fault. I told a guy one time at Wolf's Fargo, I was like, he was blowing it up. I was like, hey, man, you're supposed to pull the hamster out when you're done. <laughs> Rest in peace, Richard Gere. <laughs> he did? He might have died. No, he he did. Hamster poisoning. Let me wait. So, <laughs> so evidently, you flip a hamster over and you press on its belly until its pecker pops out. And that's how you understand if you have a male or a female hamster. Well, you don't need to know I told at that her, point. I know. I, so, <laughs> it doesn't matter. So I'm like three beers in and like a half a bottle of wine because she's down, right? And so so I'm, I'm sitting there and, you know, she's talking about sexting the ham, hamster. That's what you call it, right? You don't like stick it up your ass, Phil. Oh, it's just sexy a hamster. And I was like, Barry White usually works, but you might have to pull out the Marvin Gaye. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't like that, did she? She did not she like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. So anyway. good. Yeah. yeah. So I might, uh, you might have to cut all that out. Nah, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm probably going to dry it out. I'm probably going to amp up the, the sugar at the end to make it a little bit more dry. Um, I think the body's here. Well, finish well, though. I don't know. Yeah. You know, smooth. Yeah. yeah, smooth. You know, I'm a big fan of the melanoidins, and I didn't use any, and I thought about using some, and I didn't do it because I, I wanted that it. toasty. I wanted more toasty and bready than I did malty. Is that what I'm getting out of the smell of bready? Yeah. I, I can't yeah. quite. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's exactly. So when I when I you know like you guys say, you know it's something completely different. I read the style to you, and you you sit there drinking it while I'm reading the style, and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's yeah. all. Yeah. Check. Yep, check. Yep. It's good. Yeah. It's good beer. Yep. Yeah, I liked it. What's up, everybody? Ty here. Hope you are enjoying this episode of the 1717 Brewcast. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and write us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play. Now back to the show for more beer talk and laughs. So we've been talking about a couple of beers that you guys have been working on, and we're here drinking and tasting. Uh, let's kind of get an overview of how that brew process works and where you guys start when you guys started the process of making those beers. That sounds good. You know, now when I was starting to make this brown, I go to the to the uh, to the profile of the beer, and that's where I start from first. It uh, and then you you break it down. So you're going to set up your grain profile. Let's let's talk about the profile of the BJCP though. Let's talk about like. Uh, so when, when Phil says he goes to the style, it says basically what I was reading off of there, but it also talks about, like, the alcohol range, the the IBUs, and the colors you should be hitting. Yes. It, you know, the BJCP doesn't give you specifics. It doesn't say, you know, 10 pounds of, of two-row, six pounds of, of Maris Otter. It doesn't do anything like that. It just kind of it gives you a range. It tells you what flavors it should taste like. So then Phil's got to use his expertise and say, okay, if it says it's malty, bready, and he says, all right, it's going to be yeah. this kind of. So yeah. this is just an online database of styles every, and what they yeah. should be well, like. It, do they change it every year? It No, it changed like twice in the last 10 years. Okay. Like that. So yeah. is this like the diagnostic of medicine for beer, basically? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you break it down to what What do you want out of your out of your beer? What did I want out of this brown? I wanted it malty. I wanted it. I wanted some color to it. I didn't want it to look just pale. So you kind of break it down to where you want to start with your original gravity and then just kind of build from there. Now with this brown, you know, that what Matt was saying earlier, that the, the base malt in this thing is a two-row. It's either a two-row or a six-row. That's your base malt in all these beers that we make. And then you kind of go percentage from there. 
Do I want a little bit of color to it? Do I add the crystal 80, which I added to this one? And then I keep going a little bit darker. And then I go to the black patent. You know, if you look at the style of this thing, you want to throw some chocolate in there. So you throw some chocolate in there. And then you got to tweak it. you got to work it to where your percentages match up to the style. So if the, if the, 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 the color of this thing is only supposed to be, I don't know, say between 10 and 20, and you put all your grains in there and you're hitting 40, you got to start backing off on stuff and thinking about which what grain is going to taste the way you want it to with these other ones and match it up. Can I walk it back for a sec, sorry? Yeah. You said every base is a two-row or a six-row? Well, not or every. Not every, oh. yeah. Mare's yeah. Otter. Yeah, a, there's a couple like a other beer. ones that you, so, you can do 100% Munich beers. So can you talk about that really quick? Because if that's your base, that's, that's the grain yeah. in the yep. beer. So what, I guess, just different styles require different... Types of grain. Well, most of them, I would say most of them go for a two row. Yeah. You most, know, yeah. I, I've also made a uh, Oktoberfest, true Oktoberfest, that I didn't use any. I used all Munich. All 100% Munich. So it you just... can do Munich. Uh, Marisada is another grain that most people brew with that gives you the English style. Any so of the pills. What does a two pills? row mean? Two row is like the physical look of the grains. When you see the, you know, like, it's going to sound stupid, but think about the cereal box that has the grain of wheat, the, the stock of wheat on there, right? Yeah. And there's two rows of seeds of, of little pods on that, on, on, the, on the thing. It's a visual. I'm doing a fucking visual. But you know what I mean? <laughs> six row has six on there, right? And so the difference between two row and six row is the, the flavor. Six row is a little bit cheaper, and it's going to be a little bit more. Would you say grainy? Yeah, a little grainy. A little grainier. Um, you can make a decent beer of a six row, but nobody does. You know, um, Maris Otter is an English two row, and so you use those for ESBs. Use them for ESBs yeah. for stouts for you know old beers, uh, anything that's going to kind of Irish ales. Yeah, a bunch of Irish beers. Anything that you want, that black IPA has has a decent amount of two row in it that I make, or yeah. excuse me, Maris Otter that I make. Um, but the the base is going to be one of those, and ultimately, you know, depending upon what you're making, you know, if you end up making a, a pale ale, you know, ninety percent, ninety five percent of your of your beer is going to be two row. What's Munich? Munich is uh, it's a, is it a grain, too? grain. Yeah, yep, it's a grain. Yep. So a lot of these things, like when I say Munich or Melanoiden or, or Victory or uh, Cambrius, you just making, Cambrius, you just but, shit up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is is the company and where it's made. You know, okay. so there's a lot of German malt. So that black patent that Phil uses uh, English malt, right? English. And the uh, Carafa Three, which I like to use, is a German malt, and they're pretty much the exact same malt. But uh, you know, one has the outer hus on the on the thing left. The other one's dehust, and there's a difference here. Why you would use them, why you wouldn't. So, and just to talk about it, the carafa doesn't have the husk, and it's not as astringent. So, when you drink the the brown that he makes, and you get that astringency that I was talking about, yeah. that comes from that black malt, that black patent having that husk still on it. So, if you make a brown and do everything the exact same way, but substitute out one of those two grains, you're going to get a completely different if beer. If he does this same beer yeah. and he makes it with the Maris, Alter, mm-hmm. Maris Otter, you're going to taste a oh, lot yeah, more taste biscuit, a lot more um, malty, 
than than you would otherwise. So is there an agreed upon kind of like this is the best grain to use for this specific style? This, this was the style that yeah. I used. But you can use anything you want if you want to make it and change it up. We could have did an English style brown. Yeah. And like like you were just saying with the ESB, the difference between the ESB and the American Pale Ale is the two row versus uh, Maris Otter. Hmm. Um, that's that's the only difference. I mean, there's a lot more differences than that. But for, for the base malt, you know, that's where it's at. Huh. Okay, you guys can go on. Sorry. How did you decide upon the, the hops that you decided to use? What, once you start getting into the hop, um, you know, if you just, it, it'll give you kind of a range on, on what you're, what they want the IBUs to be at. And then uh, it just kind of pick them from style. If I didn't want it too hoppy, I don't want this brown too hoppy. I'm not going to go the high alphas. The style that, that he's making is going to dictate what kind of grains he's going to use, what kind of hops he's going to use. You're not going to make an ESB, a real ESB, with a ton of, you know, New Zealand or Australian hops because that's real mangoey, fruity, uh, tangerine You know, you're not going to use those kind of hops in an English beer. You want your English beer to be dank. You know, you want it to taste like it just got served out of an old leather shoe, you know. <laughs> and so you're going to use some dank, you know, English hops for that kind of beer. Um, so, you know, following the BJCP is a good start, um, you know, as far as starting to make a beer. But one thing Phil was talking that he didn't mention was that you, you also have to understand, you know, what you like about beer, what you don't like about beer. So when you sit down and make something, you're like, well... Yeah, I really like that one that guy made over there, but it tasted like, you know, something I didn't like. And yeah. then you figure out what you didn't like about it, and you change it. So what are the hops in this, in the brown? He had, uh, of course I clicked off it. He had Liberty on the back end of it. He's Kent Golden. He had one and a half ounce of that uh, for a 60-minute boil, which is going to give him the majority of those IBUs. And then just at the end... He threw in some Willamette and some Liberty. So these East Kent Gold, Willamette, Liberty, well, the East Kent Gold and the and the Willamette for sure are more of the English style, you know, more spicy, more earthy than they are citrusy. Yeah, I think that's why I ended up with that uh, Liberty at the end. I was kind of just going for the aroma. A lot of German ales and that kind of thing use the uh, Liberty at the end. So what you and did? it's got a low alpha. So I didn't want it to be hopped up. So what you did, is it fairly traditional for a brown? Your hop choice, your... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, you're not, like I said, you're not going to want, you're not going to want to get too citrusy and yeah. what have you. Because then at that point, you start stepping into black IPA range. And, you know, we already make one of those. We make the best one in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no lie. Come and try it. Your black IPA is really good. It's tasty. Good. It's probably one of my favorite beers of all times. You've got that recipe nailed, don't you? Yeah. You're not oh, yeah. With it. yeah. No, and talk about that. And talk about like making a beer, designing a beer, and whatnot. And Ty was asking, you know, how do you how you think about it? Or I'm assuming he was asking you know, how you think about it when you come up with something. What do you like? What don't you like? How long, Phil? How many years do you think I I screwed around with that parallel that I make? Oh shit. At least four, I was right? I'd say five at least. Yeah, and then and then I got it right where I loved it. I, I mean, I loved it, and then I changed it completely, and it was even better. 
but it just you know you got to get. I'm a perfectionist, and I like I like things a certain way. Um, you know when you're when you're doing a beer too, if some of the hops might dictate where you're at and what you can get. You know if you're in a smaller town and yeah. and you're not you're not getting a bunch of the the different hops and stuff. Maybe you have the three C's and some Liberty and some. Willamette and that kind of thing. Sometimes you got to kind of substitute and see well, what you got. But you've got to watch your alphas. Yeah. And when we started, that's all that we could really get. And, and what do you mean by alphas? Your alpha acids are the ones that are giving you your bitterness. Okay. Um, well, God, that's that's not a good explanation. But for our, our purpose, that's our explanation we're going to use. We'll talk about the humiculin oils and other things I can't say later. Ooh. When we get more in depth with the stuff we'll talk about, like... True hop, you know, biology. What do you think, uh, what would they use in that? Day, that what's that hopper, modus operandi? Modus. Cascade? Yeah. Use That's lot, tons yeah. of cascade. A lot right? of cascade, a lot of centennial. And what's the cascade? Isn't that like, what is that, 12 to 15 or something? No, the cascade's like 6 to 7. Oh, is that it? Yeah, the, well, all the ones that we got around here. The uh, centennial is going to be, you know, what, 11, 12? Okay. But Columbus is what they what they probably bitter that with, and that, that thing sits up around 15. Oh, okay, that's what I was thinking of. So, you know, and we talk about, like, those hops, and, and you know, when you're putting in your first edition, you're going to boil the mess out of it anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been around when, when he's made a beer, and you look at it, it smells good, It's you know, but then after 60 minutes, it's just a, a brown, orange, green mess. <laughs> That he's scraping off the sides, right? So, you know, they're not as important as as your hops on the back end because those are the ones you're going to notice. I mean, you're going to get a bitter beer, you know, when you put your first edition in there, whatever it is. It just depends about how much of a palate record you want it to be. You know, when I'm putting together a beer, let's just say I'm going to put together a pale ale. Some of the things I think about is longevity uh, of the beer. So that's going to determine what kind of malt I use. So when I'm putting together pale ale, like I said, 90, 95% of my pale ale is going to be just a base two-row, either a two-row or a Maris Otter or a combination of both, depending upon what flavor profile I want. Then that other 5% is going to be something very, very simple, like a Crystal 20, which, you know, is like a, it's going to really, all I'm using it for is a little bit of color. Because I'm not going to use it in the amounts where it's going to give me an overwhelming amount of flavor. And besides that, it's a pale ale. I'm going to I'm going to hop the shit out of it, right? So I want a little bit of color. I want a little bit of mouthfeel. So depending upon how you know I mash this thing in, you know, if I do it at a really high temperature, that's going to give me more mouthfeel, like we were talking about with that with that Mexican beer I made. Um, but I'm going to keep it real simple. And I talked about the longevity of it because. You get anything over Crystal 40, the beer starts getting pretty dark, um, even in smaller amounts like I'm talking about using. So, like, I, I, I put together, like, a 10-pound beer, and I've got one pound of Crystal 20. Anything above that's going to start making it real dark. And after a month of it being in my keg, it changes, man. It, it gets a different flavor. It gets a little pruney. gets a little raisiny, and you don't want that. So if, if if I'm giving advice to people, simplest, easiest beer you can make, 95%, uh, two-row, 5%, crystal, 20, and then get creative with the hops. You know, that's the other thing. you got to know, practice, smell hops, taste them, go drink different beers, read labels, see what kind of hops they put in there. 
you know, get on websites, learn about hops. Yakima Valley Chief, Yakima Valley? Yakima Valley. They got a great website that talks about all their hops. You get on their practice and screw around. I mean, here's the thing. It's like pizza and sex, right? Even when it sucks, it's still pizza and sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same thing with a beer. You make a beer, even if it sucks, it's still going to be drinking. The thing with hops, though, you can go, it, it depends on what you're making. If you're going American, you get the American hops. If you're going English, get some English hops. If you want to stick it to that easy, you can do even something like that. And the American hops are the three C's? No, that's that's just uh that was kind of when, when IPAs first hit it big, the first time they hit it big. Mm-hmm. That's why everybody was using it was Columbus, uh, Centennial, Cascade. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were, that just, I mean, it was just automatic. You're going to make a good beer. You know, there wasn't a, a question, but it's like It's safe, though? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, it was, it was foolproof. Um, one thing you can do is smash brewing, which is single malt, single hop. You know, so all you want to do is use like 100% two-row or 100% Maris Otter and then one hop. So you put addition in here, another one later, and then uh, you drink it, and then you know what that hop tastes like. Okay, so bringing it back to you guys, I know when I've toured some breweries and stuff, they've had their hops to smell. I kind of cut, you guys plan on doing any of that stuff? Oh, yeah. We're going to put a lot of stuff in your face. A lot. <laughs> yeah, why is everything you see so dirty? <laughs> I think it's you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we talked about a lot about broom when people are down there. We're going to walk around the brewery. It's probably annoying the shit out of people. Hey, man, smell this. Mm. Smell like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun <laughs> can, you, can you grab like some wort from when you're brewing in that system and have people taste that? Yeah. I always yeah, love that. that. Yeah, we can do that. I think that's cool. You know, one thing that we're going to do, and and this is, uh, you know, we, we don't really talk about this because... It's going to be planned, and we're going to do things around it. But, like, we'll put together a, a wart and let people take it, you know, and then boil it up and put different stuff in it and bring down a share with us and tell us what they did with it. Like I was talking about with our yeast, mm-hmm. you know, get some yeast that were blended, people to try. So is that – are those different things? I mean, obviously, wart and yeast are different. So they can – you can create a beer from each of those? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the, the wart is basically – so we, we've sucked all of the sugars and starches and all that goodness out of the grains. And we transfer it over to the boil kettle before we add, add anything else, any hops or anything else. That's sparge. that's Yeah. So we've okay. sparged it, and we've gotten all the, all the goodness out of it that we're going to get. What goes into the boil kettle before we add any hops, that's, that's called wart. Mm-hmm. You, you ever tasted word. it, you guys? No, I've it's made it. It's like never a sweet... <laughs> It's like a sweet, yeah, it's yeah. like a tea. It's like yeah, a sweet it tea. Is. It's sweet, really good. tea. And you can smell it too, man. Oh, it smells great. All right, looks like we're going uh, We're going pretty long, so let's split this up into two. We'll get you next time with the rest of the brewing process. Uh, until next time, this has been uh, the boys from 1717 Brewing Company. Matt? Come on by the house. We got beer.